Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin, Larry, and Will. The original crew is back together for another podcast, episode 52. And we're going to talk about the state of the union with the Carolina Panther, uh, not franchise necessarily, but the Carolina Panther roster. Uh, the franchise, well, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that remains to be seen, but, you know, uh, this is what happens when you rebuild. But on this podcast, we're going to talk specifically about uh, the positions um, offensively and defensively, um, guys we brought on, guys who, that have remained on the roster, and um, how that's going to pan out. Um, it seems it seems like you know we got some good pieces, we got some good free agency signings, but there are some holes that need to be filled up, and we're going to talk about all of that. So, um, this podcast is going to be very straightforward, and uh, so let's get down to it. We're going to start with the offensive side of the football, and uh, <laughs> oh man, this feels weird talking about offensive side of the football. Not mention Cam Newton, bro. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. We got one. Bridgewater, uh, starting QB and things of that nature. But, yeah, anyway. Um, so, we'll start with you, Will, and head over to uh, Kevin, and then we head over to uh, Mr. Larry, all right? So, Will, offensive side of the football, man, what, what's, what's, it, what's it looking like to you? I think this will be the strength of the team next year. I think um, they made a lot of good moves this offseason. Um, I like the Russell Okun trade for Trey Turner. I think you're getting a more important position that we've lacked for so many years. I mean, Okun's proven that he could play in this league, you know, at a long time, be a stopgap starter. Got Taylor Moten on the other side, who's more than serviceable. Interior O-line, I'm a little worried about, but we got a lot of draft prospects. You know, Matt Hennessy, Lloyd Cushenberry, um, Cesar Ruiz, guys like that that can step in and start right away. So I think that can be addressed and give us a um, strong enough offensive line unit. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, quarterback, I'm actually good at that position, at least for this season. I think with Teddy Bridgewater, with P.J. Walker, you know, them two going at it this training camp, I'd rather see what we got in those guys before we use a high draft pick on a, another quarterback, considering we tried that last year with Will Greer. And it appears that's not going to work out the way, we, you know, they would have hoped. So I don't see us drafting a quarterback early. I'd like to stick with the guys we got. Running back depth, I think that's solid as it can get. Christian McCaffrey, you got uh, Reggie Bonifant, you got Jordan Scarlett, and even Mike Davis. So, I mean, with those four guys, I mean, that's plenty of talent there to try to run the offense there. I think the receiver room's full as well. I like what they've done there with Robbie Anderson and then the depth guys, Roberts and Kirkwood. So, I mean, I'm – I'm pretty satisfied with what they were able to do offensively, you know, given the circumstances on the offense. I just think at the draft, I'd like to attack the 
interior offensive line, most likely, as well as, you know, it's maybe a tight end at another weapon there, a guy that can create mismatches and light a fire under Ian Thomas. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what Joe Brady can do with these guys. I think they got a lot of explosive weapons, a quarterback that can make good decisions, be accurate, and get the ball to his playmakers, run it like a point guard, you know, be the John Stockton of the team, be a leader. So see what they're able to do, man. I'm excited about this unit. Here, here, yeah, Brady's Joe Brady going uh, going to have some things going with this passing offense. Kev, what's up, man? Yeah, as far as me, you know, when I look at the state of the unit of the Panthers roster, I think it's it's feeling in kind of like we were bracing fans that it would. We would see a lot of signings of low tier, uh, non household name players that are going to fit the type of uh, mold and design that you know Matt Rule and the staff said that it was looking for. Uh, they said it was looking for players who could play fast, who are very athletic and, and are coachable. And when you look at the guys that we brought in, a vast majority of them, you know, are fitting that mode. So I got no problems, you know, learning the new names and, you know, what they bring to the table. Uh, keep in mind, oh, fingers crossed that we have a training camp, you know, with all this nonsense going on. You know, we got to fill out the 90-man roster. So I know people are like, well, since we got six wide receivers now, does that mean we got to get rid of somebody? No. We always take at least 10 wide receivers to to training camp. We always take about 12, 13 offensive linemen, you know, to camp as well. So this is just these the, the moves that we made now are not based on the 53-man roster, but uh, more so the 90-man roster. So, you know, folks, relax. You know, this, you know just because we signed three wide receivers, that doesn't mean that we possibly still couldn't draft a wide receiver because – Several NFL scouts said in this draft alone, there are at least 30 wide receivers that are day one, day two capable. So, you know, it's going to be day three when we got, if I'm not mistaken, five picks in day three as of now, where we might invest one in a in a wide receiver. So uh, just definitely keep an open mind when it comes to adding players at a position. Definitely don't feel like that it's being oversaturated. But uh, at the end of the day, we will have to take 90 players uh, down to uh, down to Columbia. Well, you know, when I look over the roster, mostly um, just to highlight, you know, my era that I like the most, you know, me and Larry, you know, with trench guys, um, you know, particularly um, I'm liking the guards that we uh, that we got with Greg Van Roten and uh, Trey Turner moving on. Um, I like, you know, Chris Reed and John Miller. I think those are two unknown guys that uh, potentially could have, say, in uh, playing the left guard and right guard position. Um, you know, we mentioned in the pregame that how John Miller uh, actually, numbers-wise, last year uh, performed better than our uh, own pro bowler, uh, Trey Turner, who's now with the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. And then Chris Reed is another guy that's off the radar, but, you know, when we do when we do our research, we sound like he's a, he's a solid guy with good feet and got a little bit of nasty to his game and, you know, uh, definitely got good size, you know, 6'4", 320. Uh, so I like what he got, got uh, when it comes to that. But uh, let's not forget the guys that's coming back as well. Um, in particular, Dennis Daly. Um, he's someone that I'm looking forward to seeing how he grows with probably getting more playing time last year than he probably originally was anticipating. So it would be good to see his growth from year one to year two uh, with the offensive line coach that we got. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm not too familiar with him, so I don't know, maybe Larry can 
Um, if he knows more about it, can um, fill in. But definitely, um, I just I'm just excited about the opportunity for players that fans don't know a lot about to um, be able to get their opportunities, um, particularly uh, particularly in the trenches. As far as defensive uh, line goes, uh, I'm definitely a fan of you know us going D tackle. Particularly, I wouldn't mind us getting a couple. I think this draft would allow us to um, invest a couple of picks uh, at defensive tackle. So we just have to see how it plays out. But, um, you know, since we haven't really added much to our secondary, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, our draft is not secondary heavy as well, particularly at corner. And uh, I think we can still also use some upgrade at safety as well. So that's just where I stand at right now with the uh, players that we have. Right on. I'll go ahead and be honest with you guys. I still see more holes than I do see fills, you know. So I'm looking forward to the draft because, as you guys have mentioned earlier, this draft is loaded with talent. And I'll go to my specialty, you know, the trenches. I like a lot of the interior guards. I like Mutai. That's a guy that, that Kevin is built big on. I like John Simpson from Clemson. I'm really big on him. I think we should go ahead and get one of those guys just to come and compete for the interior guard positions, even though we all like a lot of the guys that we have on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as defensive, the, decent, the defensive side of the ball goes, what do we have, two two DTs on the roster right now? I think it's almost guaranteed that we'll probably draft a DT in round one through seven somewhere. I'm looking forward to that. Everyone knows my favorite DT is, is, is Lecky Foto from Utah. I think he can come in and make an immediate difference for us. We all want Mr. We all want Mr. Brown to come. You know, he, he's going to be a day one starter. KK's on the head. On the we, we owe him twenty million. Something like that. I think when he balls out or not, he's going to be in a different uniform next year. So, mm-hmm. I look forward to us definitely addressing the interior defensive line this year. Um, my favorite free agent signing was actually at the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. To hear Whitehead, he's from my home city of North New Jersey. He's a blue-collar guy. He's familiar with, with Matt Rule. What I do know is that he's going to come in and work hard, and he's going to make a difference for us. It's not going to be so much weight on Shaq's shoulders as we think it's going to be. I think that can be a pretty good tandem to hear Whitehead and, and Shaq Thompson. And like you know, the guys have already mentioned, they pretty much covered everything pretty late with the DBs. We don't have a lot of corners there, and this is the perfect draft to go ahead and address it. I still have a lot of faith in Dante Jackson, even though a lot of people have written him off. They think he oh he's so fast, but he gets burnt. I just think he needs to have a better coach around him. He has to have some some kind of discipline applied to his game. Mm. We haven't seen much of that. You know, he he's really undisciplined. When he when he got drafted, we were really we were really amazed with his fundamentals. You know, he he's done, he does things that most three or four year corners can't do. So to see such a regression. It's kind of a red flag, but because I know that the talent is there, I think he will have a bounce back year. I think he's capable of becoming the leader of that defensive backfield. So I just want us to draft the right pieces to put put around him and compliment him. Mm. And we might have a pretty good football team to to work with. My second favorite re-signing, I would say, is Trey Boston. Like I told you guys last episode, you know, when Luke retired – Trey is immediately the heart and soul of the defense. He's not the most talented guy there, but when it comes to attitude, when it comes to leading by example, when it comes to playing to the whistle is over, when it comes to giving your all, that's what Trey Boston does. So 
we have some pieces, but we just have a lot of holes. But if we can fill those holes properly, the defense will be pretty much formidable. And I still agree with what Will said earlier. The strength of this team is transitioned. It's not something that the Carolina Panther fans are used to. But the strength of the team right now is the offense. You know, all the talent relies on our skill positions with Christian McCaffrey. I think Teddy Bridgewater is an above-average quarterback right now, and I hope P.J. Walker can compete and push him to be a better player each and every day. Nobody's really mentioned Will Greer, but if you go back to that West Virginia tape, there's some flashes where, of greatness where you think, you know, he can be a quality starter in this league. So years past, you know, we were always worried. After Cam Newton, we had Derek Anderson. What if both of them go down? What do we have? We're not in that kind of situation. We really do have three talented guys at the quarterback position that can come in and compete. Some people see an eight and eight football team. Some people see a, a two and fourteen team. And I just try to be optimistic as possible. If you put these pieces in the right places, guys can develop the chemistry that we need. You might have a wild card. You know, I don't think Matt Rule is coming in here to lose. So I, I'm just trying to be optimistic with the situation. I want people to smile and be happy about where the Panther franchise is going. I know we lost some people that we love with, with Cam Newton and Luke Keithley, Greg Olson. Yeah. But there are some some bright spots to look at. So don't feel down about it, Panther Nation. Just try to find the try to find the positive in it. And it's a lot of positive that we can look forward to. So Larry, let me ask you this. Since Dante Jackson is your boy, um, and you, you know, you follow the LSU. Uh, I've been in the mind frame of thinking maybe nickel cornerback probably would allow his skill set to be used the best. Hell, I even think lining him up like free safety. Um, I mean, you know, I think that you know with his skill set, like, do you see him like being best used if he moved around, or does he just need to be locked in at one particular position, whether it's outside or nickel? Like, um, like, how, how do you feel about his versatility uh, potentially in this all in the defense? I think he's one of the best athletes in the NFL. Period. So I look at him as a Swiss Army knife. I don't want you to look at him as a guy that you just put on the outside and leave him there. I think you got to throw him at nickel. I think you got to blitz him. I think you got to put him at free safety. He's a very, very smart football player. So when it comes to pulling out the strengths of his game, you got to put him everywhere. And that's why I'm saying build the secondary around him. Not saying, he, you know, he's, he's a number one shutdown, so he's the guy you build around him because of that. No, you build around him because you can put him pretty much anywhere. So where other guys are lacking, he can kind of pick up the slack. He's like a – I don't know if guys remember Troy Palomalo used to play everywhere. I'm not saying that's Dante Jackson, but he's a, a free-roaming guy. Like you can't just stick him in the system and say, hey, this is what you got to do. He's good at doing multiple things. And it's time that you got to, you know, you got to utilize that. A lot of other teams utilize their best corners that are versatile. We haven't done that with Dante. We stuck him on the island. The, the thing that he did wrong was complain about sticking him on the island. But at the end of the day, just put him in a position to succeed. And it just so happens that he can do that from anywhere in the secondary. So, no, I don't look at him as a one-position guy. No, I don't look at him as a pure nickel. I just think he's a guy that you got to put everywhere. You know, you got a whole training camp to find out what he does best in Matt Rule's system. Figure it out and put him there. You know, let him play wherever wherever you think he's going to be best. But I don't think, you know, when it comes to September, tip off for the regular season, I don't think you're going to just see him at the outside. I don't think you're just going to see him at the nickel. I don't think you're just going to see him at safety. I think you're going to see him playing all over the field. 
Use that four two speed to your advantage. That's just my opinion of it. Man, like when you look back at last year, I mean Dante from DBU. I mean, they're all those guys are well coached. They know what they're doing. So the question with me is, why are his fundamentals and technique regressing in year two? And the only person you can point your finger at is Perry Fowell because that's who was coaching him, his technique and fundamentals. So why is Dante not responding to this coaching? And I just think, you know, when you get to that level, it's guys you respect. And if a coach tells you something, you can you can smell the bullshit from a mile away. Mm. And you're like, you know that. So I just don't think he had a coach in there that, you know, he respected as not a knowledgeable guy that could teach him and tell him what to do. With the guy they just hired, Jason Simmons, coming from the Green Bay Packers, you know, that's one of the top secondaries in the league last season. You know, you had Jair Alexander, who's becoming an emerging star at the corner position. They had Darnell Savage, another rookie who had a great season. Kevin King, Adrian Amos, uh, Tremont Williams. So they had probably, their run defense was a little shabby, but they had arguably a top five secondary in the entire NFL with this guy. So we're getting a good DB coach that's going to come in. So we'll see how Dante responds to him and see if he's more consistent with his technique and fundamentals this year. Just to shine a little bit of light on that, I'm trying to think of his name right now, Will, but one of Matt Rule's guys that he brought in, I don't know, I think it's Evan Cooper. He's going to be the cornerback's coach. They did an article on Panthers.com about, you know, they, they introduced you to every coach and they asked him like, what what's the ideal defensive back for you? Like, what do you what do you expect from your defensive backs? All of the qualities and traits that he mentioned all check the box when it comes to Dante Jackson. He wants speed, he wants quickness, he wants awareness. Those are all the things that Dante Jackson has. So I think that might be a good marriage as far as we all agree that. Coaching was probably the biggest factor in Dante Jackson's regression. Mm-hmm. I think Evan Cooper might be the guy, you know, that that helps Dante reach his full potential. I think and look at the staff that they built. You have both a secondary coach, Jason Simmons, and specifically a cornerback coach with Cooper. So, I mean, Rule built a big staff to be able to give the guys the one-on-one coaching that they need. And on top of that, you know, defense coordinator uh, Phil Snow, that's his background. That's how he, you know, worked his way at the ranks. He's a, a a secondary coach. You know, when I looked over his resume when we hired him, I mean, you know, before he became defensive coordinator, his first, you know, three or four stops, he was the uh, uh, secondary coach, you know, um, as well. So I, I definitely think that the secondary is probably going to be the first time in a long time that they had uh, really certified knowledgeable experience and particularly teachers in a long time. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, watch watch this process and see how it goes. It's going to be a game changer, folks. It's going to be a game changer. You get some more speed out there with Dante. (laughs) Me personally, I I agree with you, Larry, man. I think think Dante's skill set is to be challenged, right? to be accountable for his actions on the field and be challenged. So put his ass on the best receiver and see what see what happens. And if he can't if he can't fit the bill then you know, he he'll he'll know and there's not much he can say about that cuz the film won't fucking lie. Um but you know, um yeah, it, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be it's, it's going to be exciting. I, uh this this draft is going to tell us a lot 
And, you know, obviously we'll, we'll go into detail about that um, next time about college prospects and things of that nature, folks. So uh, um, podcast episode number 53, make sure you look out for that. <laughs> I got a question for all you guys. Uh-oh. Because we're talking about the roster. So let's just, let's just let's do some bold predictions. All right. What players do you see come into this season as pro bowlers? Because that usually makes a lot of the difference. When you look at the playoff teams every year, most of them at the top of the list as far as total pro bowlers are all pros. So when you look at our roster, top to bottom, before training camp, as it is right now, mm-hmm. who do you guys see as being potential pro bowl football players for us? I, mean, I think you got uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Yeah. Uh, DJ got an uphill battle in the NFC. I mean, you got Julio, you got Evans, you got Godwin. Uh, a, uh, or Diggs went to the AFC now, so oh, yeah. maybe he gets a better. Um, we got Michael Thomas. There's just so many receive, great, great receivers in the NFC, so DJ just got an uphill battle. Maybe he gets in as an alternate. Um, sheesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Brian Burns, I can project. I mean, I know he's got the talent to do so. He just hadn't had the reps yeah. to be able to play a full season. Yeah. I mean, I would say Brian Burns and McCaffrey, too. Could Shaq uh, be a pro bowler? Oh. Uh, I mean, I think he's an above average type linebacker, but take it to that next step and be a top tier Pro Bowl caliber guy. I mean, you got Anthony Barr in the NFC. Mm. You got Hendricks in the NFC. Mm. You got um, Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith. I mean, Isaiah Simmons going to be coming in. You got Devin White in Tampa. Dion so many Dion great linebackers. Yeah, yeah, it's just I don't see him as a top upper echelon linebacker. But I mean, he doesn't need to be. I mean, I don't. I mean, he's. I'm not saying that he's. That's as an insult to him. I just think there's so many great linebackers in the NFC. It's going to be an uphill battle for him to enter that upper echelon. So. I mean, yeah, I just say McCaffrey, um, Brian Burns, and possibly, I mean, Kawan Short. That's tough to, as well. I mean, there's a lot of D tackles, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox. So, I mean, I'll, I'll say two to be conservative. I mean, I'll, be, I'll be real with you, Will. Mm-hmm. Trey Watson has put Pro Bowl caliber seasons together. He just hasn't been voted to one, you know? Like, not, I'm not saying his last season with the Panthers was – but that season he had in San Diego, that was a that was a Pro Bowl caliber year. So that's why I ask you guys that questions like, how confident are you in this? How confident are you with the roster? Like, who do you really see as being Pro Bowl caliber players? Because usually that can give you some kind of some kind of insight on how good your football team will be. That's why I ask you guys that question. Well, for me, I I want to throw a couple names out there that I want to mention. Um. Uh, who we could have sent um, the Chargers? You know Russell Okun. I feel like healthy. You know, you know Russell Okun. Prior to last year, you know he was a a Pro Bowl caliber guy that actually got selected. Um, I think he's uh, definitely has uh, Pro Bowl uh, capabilities here. Um, it may be a long shot, but the opposite side of him, you know Taylor Moten. I mean, he almost was at a Pro Bowl level his second year. Um, you know, when he uh, when he filled in for um, Darrell Williams when he first went down. So uh, I, think, I think there's potential with a couple of linemen. And, you know, when players in their last year, their contract, that's typically when we see their best their their best ball. So uh, I could see um, potentially maybe one of them uh, putting up uh, that caliber season. 
Um, this is probably the longest of long shots, but I'm I'm gonna stick my neck out and possibly say Trey Boston. Um, reason being, not not just because I'm a Panther fan, but you know, with his role as leadership, uh, he's finally secured the bag. Uh, he's got a lot of pressure that's off of him that I think he can really just sit back. You know, he's getting $9 million up front this year, so his money's going to be right. Uh, he knows that um, he's the leader of the, the uh, secondary. So I can see Trey Boston finally putting it all together now that he's, you know, secured the bag and, and got some stability to, um, uh, the, to potentially uh, be someone that could be uh, possibly mentioned. Not saying that he's going to be, but you know, someone that's going to put up the type of uh, play and numbers that, that will uh, support him possibly having a case. I think Trey can act a fool back there, man, if he gets a, get the right partner back there, man. And, and he has leadership qualities too, man. I, I, I like I like Trey. I, I'm, I'm a fan. His energy is contagious. I, I, I like Trey. I do. I do. Um, but I, The fact that he said he wanted to stick around for the rebuild said a lot to me, you know. Everybody else was hauling ass out of Carolina. He like, nah, I wanna, mm. I wanna help turn this thing around, you know. And uh, hey, you know, the loyalty these days is rare. You know, when you're no um, a new staff and new everything coming in, and you're one of the guys that like, I want to be here to, to take a part. You know, that's a that's something money can't buy, man. That's a that's loyalty. So that's why I threw his name out there, just for the simple fact that he wants to be here. It's, it's not like uh, his contract prohibits him from leaving. You know, um, you know, he was just one of the guys that made it known that uh, he wanted to be here. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like to see Trey be that dark horse, um, you know, when it comes to the pro bowling. And I think what um, a lot of fans, you know, they weren't familiar with Matt Rule. So anything you're not familiar with, you automatically dismiss. But just look at what his former players uh, have to say about him and how they gravitate towards him and how hard they're willing to play for him. So I could easily see Matt Rule watching the Panthers film from last year, seeing Trey Boston giving 100% effort, you know, losing games out of the playoffs weeks 14 to 17 and saying, I want to keep that guy on this team. I want him to be a part of this culture I'm trying to build. And, you know, I'm pitching that to Trey and them coming to terms on being able to extend and being a part of what they're trying to do here. And you just look at the offseason moves that they made. I mean, this team could have easily said, you know what, you got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in 2021. You know, we got, we got a lot of dead cap this year, moved on from a lot of, you know, Panthers iconic, Panthers icons. Let's take it easy. Let's accumulate comp picks. Let's, you know, dump salary. Let's, you know, get all this rollover cap. Let's tank this year, get our franchise quarterback in 2021 and rebuild that way. That's clearly not what they're doing this year. I mean, they're paying Teddy Bridgewater $20 million telling him, look, you're a former first-round pick. You played well last year. We're going to give you an opportunity to lead this franchise and prove to us that you can be a franchise quarterback. You know, a rebuilding team's not going to pay a quarterback $20 million. You know, they would have ran with Kyle Allen or Will Greer if that was the case. Mm. But they went out and they're filling roster holes. They're bringing in a left tackle like Russell Okun, keeping Trey Boston, paying him that money. The moves that they're making are just not a team that has no indication of tanking. So you can just see that's not what that's not the culture Matt Rule wants to build here in Carolina. He wants to go out and try to win. You know, the talent may limit his ability to contend for playoffs or Super Bowl, but that's, you know, he's, like he said, he wants to be, if we're going to go 8-8, eight and eight, we're going to be the toughest, you know, best 8-8 eight and eight team that we can possibly be. 
So, I mean, that's something that's, that speaks volumes to me when, you know, the narrative, the media created, the Panthers were tanking this year, tanking for Trevor. Matt Rule said, uh-uh, that's not the culture I want to build here. I think it's I think his culture is gonna be sound too, bro. Again, when you can when you can manipulate and mold what you got coming into that franchise, coming into that locker room, and you're you're that type of coach and have that kind of staff that's great at teaching. I mean, it's it's it, it could be it could be a hell of a hell of an atmosphere in that locker room, man. It's, it's uh it's gonna be interesting. Um, I, I I share in the excitement, that's for sure. Um, I'm not going to be pessimistic about this shit. You know, it, it is what it is, folks. Fact of the matter is, we got the best running back in football on our team. So that doesn't hurt. <laughs> Just saying. Um, so, you, I mean, you guys have anything else you want to add? Uh, any free agents out there you guys want to wanna speak highly on uh, going into uh, getting close to the draft or whatever or – yeah, I mean, I'd like to see more uh, competition added in the cornerback room. Uh, you got uh, you can go the veteran route, a keep to leave still out there. I mean, I doubt they bring him in mm-hmm. because you know I know how he can get. Yeah, uh, the Bengals just released uh, Dre Kirkpatrick, and he could be a band aid or a stopgap starter there. Yeah, Darkies Denard from Cincinnati, another corner. I mean, there's a lot of corners out there they could probably bring in or bring in back our own guy. I mean, Ross Cockrell. JV and Elliott, those guys haven't been signed yet. So I want to see what they're going to do with cornerback so we don't have to end up in 2016 taking them back to back to back and only one of them panning out. Mm. I think uh, linebacker I'm pretty happy with. I think it's an underrated linebacker room with Shaq Whitehead, the young guys, Kunazic, uh, Smith, and Carter. You know, I think we got a lot there to look forward to. But defensive tackle depth I think we could use as well. I know – uh, Snacks is a guy I was looking at. He's unsure if he wanted to come back and play last year. It looks like he did decide he wants to give it another go. So mm-hmm. why not bring in Snacks on a one-year deal? Let him rotate in, get some snaps, and help stuff the run. So we'll see. I think defensive tackle, interior, offensive line, and secondary, or cornerback, rather, are the three areas I'd like to see addressed a little bit more as we head into the draft. Yeah. Kevin, you have any, uh, anything to add? Um... I, honestly, I just I just really feel like that. Um, you know, I just really want the uh, interior on both sides of the uh, of the line to be um, uh, to be addressed and and to provide a lot of competition competition there. Uh, we'll just really pretty much hit on the uh, the main key points that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I just pretty much you know want some position flexibility on uh, on the interior of, of both sides of the line because I really feel like. It's always been my belief that for both your offense and your defense, you know, that's where it starts. Um, the quickest way to get to your quarterback is what through the uh, interior. Um, and on defense, the, uh, the first part of uh, stopping offense is to um, control the middle of the field, you know. So uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing how we um, provide competition, depth, and upgrades on the, uh, on the interiors of both sides of the line. Right on. Larry, you have anything to add? I really don't because we my guys have covered it, man. We we're all brothers, man. We feel the same way yeah. <laughs> about the football team, to be honest with you. <laughs> um my I'm looking I'm not so much free agency, because I don't think that's the right way to build around what Matt Rule is trying to do. I'm just looking forward to the draft. 
this is one of the more talented drafts that we we're going to see in a long time. Yes. So when it comes to the draft, as long as we address what I want to address, I'll be a pretty happy Panther fan. But if we don't, I'll be, I'll be feeling pretty cruddy. You know, everybody knows what I want to do. I want to address the trenches. I want to go out and get me some hog mollies. I want to go out and get me some offensive linemen and defensive linemen. We can do that. Mm-hmm. I just think the sky's the limit, you know. I've been having dreams about the draft, man. I've been I I, I had a dream recently <clears throat> that you know we traded down in the draft. We ended up trading down like two spots. We got Derek Brown, but we were also able to get Andrew Thomas, who was my favorite tackle in the draft, you know, throughout the whole pre-draft process. He's fallen down a few boards, which is not a not a biggie for me because I already know what he is. I watched him play at Georgia for the past two years. I watch every Georgia game. I'm not a Georgia fan, but I live here, so I, I got to see every game. I know if you can get him in the mid-teens or the early 20s, that's a steal. So yeah, I'm man. looking forward to it. I hope we go get some blue chip guys. I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of using you know band-aids when it comes to the offensive line. I just want to go get blue chip guys that are going to come in and be nasty and set the tone. So I don't think we got to do that through free agency. I think we can do that throughout the draft. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I wish I was the GM. I think I'm a much better GM than her than Marty Herney. I got some great guys. I'm not even being funny. I got I got a great team behind me, man. If, if it came to me being a GM, my capologist would definitely be Kevin Avery. You know, when it comes to my skill positions, I'm definitely going to get you know Will Harris and Monty Fetty to help me out with them DBs. I just feel like I can do it. I I, I feel like I got what it takes. To be an outstanding GM only for the Carolina Panthers. I would be a shitty GM for anybody else. But when it comes to these Panthers, I just feel like I know what we need. I know what we need to do. And I think I got the right guys around me, you know, to put it all together. So if anybody's listening to this, Panther Nation, you know, go ahead and write you a letter to Mr. Tapper. Let him know you got a whole staff that's ready to go. <laughs> you know, we ready to we ready to go get a Super Bowl. <laughs> I love the confidence. Andrew Thomas is an interesting point because I remember last year, like Andrew Thomas just fundamentally sound, you know, not flashy, not a mm-hmm. uh, crazy athlete like Beckton, but mm-hmm. when it just comes to fundamentals and playing that tackle position, he's, you know, he stands out as the best. And it reminds me of last year, uh, Cleveland Farrell. You know, we watched his film and just saw mm-hmm. a fundamentally sound, solid ball player, mm-hmm. but he wasn't flashy, wasn't bendy, wasn't. Test great at the combine. So all the media mocks had Cleveland Farrell going in the late 20s. And we just watching his tape like, why is he dropping so far? Sure enough, the Raiders took him at, what, three last year? Three or four? I think so. That's what we were talking about. All, <laughs> so we talk, all these media mocks are saying, oh, low on Cleveland Farrell. We're saying, wait a minute, why, why is that? You see actual GMs, you know, get, get paid to do this, saying, nah, Cleveland Farrell, we're taking him at four. I can see Andrew Thomas being the Cleveland Farrell of this year's draft where the media undervalues him so much from not being so flashy, but pro scouts, pro decision makers value him highly because of his fundamentals and playing the position. Right on, man. Speaking of GM, um, you know, a lot of you fans, y'all should see some of the mock drafts that uh, us and the four-man rush be just doing in the chat. We don't even post, hardly posting them, particularly Norris. You know, Norris again. <laughs> Norris and did mock drafts. We only had 12, 14, 16 players, man. Norris and had a, a whole brand new uh, roster for us. So, uh, yeah, we uh, yeah, we definitely all in pretty much in the same agreement as Larry said, as far as what um, 
what we feel like the errors that need to be identified. But hey, we're just fans like you guys, so uh, we just got to wait and see you know, what our, if our coaches in the front office uh, feel feel like we do. I can't wait. <laughs> Time is getting short, folks. Even though even though our man Kevin won't be able to make it to Vegas, man. Hopefully this draft is still going. Ah, Corona. You, you, mother, you, you, you. Damn you, Corona. <laughs> Whoever been a coronavirus, that mama hoe. Tell him I said that. <laughs> Better be careful, man. That Corona get your ass, boy. What the fuck? Damn boogeyman and shit. Oh, man. Hey, nah, we just need to find a guy with the lamb's blood that's mocking the doors like they did back in Egypt when the plague was running through. You know what I'm oh, saying? Man. That's what I need. Yeah, put that shit on in the door. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, pass this house, please. Bringing out some Old Testament shit, right? Nice. Nice. All right, folks. Um... Episode 52 was in the books. The four-man rush crew. Um, I hope you guys uh, caught up some knowledge and um, refreshed your memory on the uh, current state of the Panther roster. It, it, seem, it seems to be, you know, a collective thought on, on our half that, you know, this, this team has, potentially has the talent to do some damage. So, um, like I said, man, we'll see what the draft holds and um, see how they gel together. But um, other than that, I think I think we're gonna be all right. I think we're gonna be all right. You guys made some good points, man. If you if you didn't catch all all that information, you know you can always just rewind this right here and listen to it again. All right. So on behalf of the Four Man Rush Podcast crew, uh, I'm your host Timmy Vio with Kevin, Larry, and Will. And um, whether you listen to this in the morning, afternoon, or evening, I hope you guys are doing great. Staying indoors. Don't be a hero. And speaking of heroes, um, peace and blessings to all the medical personnel, firefighters, police officers, um, you know, truck drivers, people working at the grocery store, restaurants, all you people out there who's who's uh, keeping things going um, while, while this uh, quote unquote pandemic is going on. We really appreciate y'all and uh, stay safe. Uh, we'll, we'll get through this together and we will keep pounding, damn it. All right. So be good out there. Water your flowers, brush your teeth, and as always, keep pounding. And that's a clear. All right. Yeah, edit out that China coming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got they're racist. Don't need to be nobody. They're racist. We forgot we was live. <laughs> <laughs> She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill the covers and do we come in and you love The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.